Welcome to the audio podcast for the main service of Northridge Church. Our hope is that this will be a tool that blesses and challenges you in your walk with Jesus. If you want to learn more about Northridge Church, you can visit us at nrchurch.ca or join us on Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. Until we meet, be blessed and enjoy the word for today. Good morning, good morning. As you're grabbing a seat, if you wouldn't mind kind of tucking in a little bit closer to the person next to you. I think we had a couple people trickling a little bit late, so we always appreciate having a couple extra chairs. I know if you're like me, you maybe like the, the one chair buffer between the person next to you, but hopefully they put deodorant on this morning, so if you wouldn't mind scooching a little bit closer. want to make sure uh, everyone has a spot here today. Or you can just also not show up late. Buzza family, we see you back there. <laughs> All right, well, welcome. We are so excited uh, for you to be here today. It's a good day to be in church. Uh, if you were here last Sunday night, uh, this would have looked a little bit different. We had some tables out. Uh, we had our uh, volunteer appreciation night, our bingo. Hands up if you were there at the dessert nights. Yes, it was a fun time. It was amazing. What I learned is if you need a bingo caller, you should hire Tawny Douglas. She... Uh, that or she needs to see optometrist. Sometimes the cards are a little small, one of the two, but uh, it was an awesome time. If you weren't there, you'd be like, Matt, why wasn't I there? Well, maybe you're not volunteering yet at church, which is totally okay. We're so, so glad you're here and joining us today. Uh, but if you've been at Northridge a while, you know that serving is part of our DNA. It's part of makes us who we are. Because there's something about serving alongside in the trenches uh, that really bonds you close to the people beside you. It's really difficult to kind of leave and, and, and not talk to anyone if you're serving up on a worship team. That's kind of a little, a little different. And so I highly encourage you. I know everyone's at different seasons of life. Um, but if you have the capacity right now, uh, talk to our info team at the welcome desk or uh, message info at nrchurch.ca and see where maybe there'd be an opportunity for you to get plugged in and get involved. Uh, it has been one of the greatest joys of my uh, walk with Jesus, kind of walking alongside other believers and being able to share the laments and share the struggles and share the joys with. Uh, it's something that, that bonds us close, but also it's a, it's a form of worship to our God. Uh, we worship in so many different ways. And so if you're interested in that in any way, talk to our welcome desk uh, or anyone with a name tag or uh, email info at nrchurch.ca. Happy to get you involved. Uh, we're going to transition to another form of worship right now. I'm going to welcome our ushers forward and if this is your first time, by no means do we expect you to give in any uh, kind of format, but this is something as followers of Jesus we, we kind of hold ourselves to. And so if, uh, we have three ways to give. We have a welcome uh, kind of box out there. We have our dishes as well as you can uh, do any online transfers at uh, email at ties.nrchurch.ca. So uh, let's just, sorry, donations. Ah, thought I could get through it. Nope. All right. Uh, let's just bow our heads and we can pray for, uh, pray for our tithes and offerings. Lord, uh, we... Thank you so much just for who you are. Uh, you are Lord Almighty. You, are, you sit on your throne in all your glory, and yet you welcome us into a relationship in all of our imperfection, um, in all of our grief, and all of our joy. You just welcome us in. So, Lord, uh, we just turn our hearts back to you in this time. Uh, may you just bless these tithes and offerings. We want to put you not on the throne where you belong, but on the throne of our own lives. Um, and so, Lord, may you just multiply these. May these go towards your kingdom. Uh, may your will be done. In your precious name, people said, amen. 
Awesome. All right. Uh, a couple announcements for you today. Uh, first announcement uh, is, if you've not noticed yet, we are kind of really pushing membership because we're entering and coming close up to our AGM um, that is coming up. And so if you're interested in becoming a member, uh, we actually have a QR code right up here. We are entering the 24th century. Maybe no, not happening. Yes, we have it somewhere there. Uh, maybe not. Okay. Uh, we, if you're interested in uh, membership, go check out our website. Uh, you can click on the link there, and it'll send you to kind of get some more information about what does membership mean, as well as ways of kind of getting you more connected. That is our first announcement. Second announcement is we have uh, a night of prayer coming up. February 21st is a Wednesday. Uh, we are going to be kind of entering a, a, an interesting time for Northridge. If you're here at the very end of 2023, you'll know that our lease in this space is coming up um, in the near future, near being a year and a half away. But we're wanting to be really intentional about that time. And so if you're wanting to and kind of can join in uh, with us in prayer, we're going to join as a community of believers and, and really pray and see what God has for our church and our people in this time. So you're all welcome to invite for that. And final announcement is if you want all the announcements, all the information of things that are going on in Northridge, we have a weekly news or monthly newsletter that's coming out this week. So go to nrchurch.ca, get subscribed there. And then also happening on February 1st, not only a newsletter, is also our, our last Bible study is starting up this Thursday. If you kind of missed the first round of, of Bible studies that we're starting up, we have one that's happening here Thursday night. Uh, you can talk to us, Steve and Roxanne Murdoch, if you have any questions about that. That's all announcements I have for you. So uh, if you are in grades 5 to 12, you guys can follow out those doors, head on to your classes, and they are running. Oh, man. All right. It must be fun back there. All right. The rest of us get to welcome up Pastor David Buzza. Thank you, Matt. Um, I'm going to give you some insight, way more insight into the um, behind the veil of uh, what happens preparing for a service than you would ever want. Um, Josiah, is, do you have those slides now? Okay, so this is a reflection. Well, like, do you mind actually going back? This is what Matt was referring to. So I, I spent so much time on this. And so we, we need, if you have your phone, uh, let me tell this for those of you who have maybe never used a QR code before. If you take your phone and use the camera, you can do this even now. And if you shoot it at that funky looking thing, uh, it will give you a button that you can press. It'll take you directly to the website where you can uh, become a member. So we've got a QR code for that. We'll put those back up at the end of the service. Uh, and then we had, the next slide was just about the night of prayer that Matt mentioned. And then there's another QR code. And this is the one that Matt already did a good job of uh, teaching to. Um, all of the stuff that gets said from here is given, rolled out at the beginning of each month. And when it comes to those email newsletters, we're pretty careful about not bombarding you with email after email after email. You're not going to get spammed. This is something that comes once a month, and it really does have access to all of the information that you need. So I did want you to see that. Um, <clears throat> I also want to elaborate on a couple things that, that Matt said. Uh, when it came to the volunteer thing, uh, there may be another reason that you weren't at. It might not be that you're not volunteering. I, I've watched around the room, and I'm like, oh, I wonder why they weren't there. And then I realized, oh, I should have invited them to that volunteer day. And so there are people that may have wanted to be at the volunteer appreciation night but did not feel invited. Uh, that is on me. Uh, it was a weird season in our, in our, in our, maybe in our family, in our church, where I, I really feel like I dropped the ball. We missed out on a lot of our Spanish congregation and it was because I put that invite out way too late. And so if you weren't uh, there, 
I hope your, your feelings aren't hurt. It is completely my fault. Um, in the future, if you volunteer uh, and the, it kind of gets put out there, show up. We want you there. It was a great night. Also, uh, just an elaboration on the announcement about um, membership. And uh, we didn't have in the announcements. We'll start announcing that in February, uh, our upcoming AGM in March. But I had, uh, Carolee and I had the opportunity to have uh, dinner with uh, Mark and Steph, and I have permission to share this story. Uh, many of you might remember that Mark and Steph showed up to our AGM last year as non-members. Uh, that tells a lot about them. They're a little bit off, right? Who goes to an AGM when you're not even a, an invested uh, member? But now they are members, and uh, they had some insight that I really wanted to pass on. There, you get to see behind the veil, and you get to see a lot of, um, this is where kind of, you know the, the expression, you put your money where your mouth is? Um, you get to kind of see who we are as a church uh, very intimately in our AGM. And so they're often not stodgy, stodgy, is that a word? They're not like really uptight meetings, very, we're, we're not necessarily great at protocols and we're, we're trying to get better, but it's, it's, a, it's like a family meeting. And even if you're not a member, you are invited. You're welcome to eavesdrop. Um, and hopefully that will lead to the same uh, pathway as we've got with the, with the carols. Also something I purposely did not put in the announcements, but I think is worth uh, mentioning, next Sunday we're going to fill a baptism tank, and we're going to be doing at least one baptism. And so if, yeah, you can be excited about that. And so if you have been, if you know it's time, and, and, and you would like to be baptized, uh, this is your opportunity. And so please just come and give me a tap on the shoulder after the service, and we can talk, or uh, connect with me during the week. Um, you can just call the church or uh, email, email me, david at nrchurch.ca, and we would love to baptize you. Um, oh, man. Okay, I'll give you a little bit more insight into kind of what goes into a, a Sunday morning. It was funny. I think one of my very first messages, um, this is back at Thomas Haney, and um, if you think my sermons could use work now, you should have seen me uh, back in the beginning. And uh, obviously, on, on the first Sunday when I was preaching, I was really nervous, and I probably had too much coffee. And I felt it was necessary to explain to everybody that I, the sermon probably will be short because I really have to go to the bathroom. And I explained all these things, and Rob is always very generous as a mentor uh, over me as, as my pastor. Um, but he told me, he says, David, uh, sometimes you just got to fake it. Don't let him see a sweat. And so I, I, I've learned to, to fake it and kind of work through some things. And I, so I don't give you updates on my bladder as often as I once did. Um, but I, I think it's, I, I want to be a, a little bit real with you today. Matt, normally, no, excuse me, every week God comes through. Any, every week that I've, I've got to come up here and share a word, there is a point in every week where I have this, mo it's not necessarily a moment like the light switch goes on, but there's this point in my week where I have a confidence that I have the word that God has for you this week. And I hope that you understand the heart of what I'm saying here is, is that I, I've, I've been handed the message to give to you, but it's, it's not that I've created some brilliant, like, oh, this is it. This is what they need to hear. It's this moment where I, I really feel I, I sense, I know 
that this is it. This is what God has for the congregation today. Well, I love those weeks when I feel that inspiration. I feel that confidence on a Monday morning. And, and, and the writing happens really fluidly, and it's just like, this is it. I can't, I'm already excited about Sunday. I've got a full week to be excited. And I, I can revise and kind of tweak and just make things the way I, I need them to be for Sunday. And then there are weeks where it's a little bit more delayed. And I get a little bit more anxious. Okay, God, I know it's going to happen. I know you've got something for us, but I don't feel confident yet. Well, this week was a weird week where I felt confident fairly early in the week. I couldn't tell you what day it was. And, and had a great day of writing, and, um, and I felt like I had what we needed. And then, I, I think throughout the, not throughout the week, mostly Saturday, mostly yesterday, I, I just had this flood of different perspectives and different ideas, and, and I don't think that they were the enemy trying to derail God's word for us. It really felt like... Almost like this, um, Frank, Frankenstein's a horrible analogy, but this, this kind of bringing together all these different parts and creating a new picture to the point where last night, I'm, I'm a like snoring at 10 o'clock person, but last night at midnight, Carolee came downstairs like, are you coming to bed? And I was still over my computer and I was at the, on the, at the point of like, select all, delete, start over again. I had no confidence in, in what God had for us today. And um, so fortunately, uh, it didn't take long thereafter, and I, I got up early again this morning and kind of finished up my notes, and I, and I, I really do believe that, that God's got a word for you. It could be, uh, I, I'm very reliant on the Holy Spirit to do the heavy lifting of, of communicating well to you, but even this morning, I'm like, how do I ignore what Mark put on a tee for us this morning? Many of you, as we were singing the song, the hymn, it is well. Uh, we'll go back to your, um, what's that show called? Uh, Adventures in Odyssey. Do, do you know what I'm talking about? Uh, Adventures in Odyssey was this kid's audio show uh, that I loved. And they did an episode on this song. I believe, it was this Horatio Stafford? Is, yeah, that's who it was? Okay. Spafford or Stafford? Spafford. Horatio Spafford was the um, lyricist. He wrote the song. And uh, I'm just going to tell you very quickly because it's just so perfect and, and Mary is perfectly into where we want to go today. Horatio Spafford was a successful businessman, had a beautiful family, and, um, and he was set up, I think he was a Brit, but he was set up in Chicago. It, you know, if I get this wrong, this is not scripture, don't correct me, all right? Uh, and he had set up, I think, in Chicago. And at one point, his family sailed back to England. Um, and everything started to go sideways. Uh, the Great Chicago Fire wiped out almost all of his investments. He was ruined in, in almost an instant. He was ruined financially. And right around the same time, he receives a telegram, I believe from his wife, who ha had arrived in, in England, and the ship had gone down. And the telegram read, saved alone. His family had been wiped out. It was a, a very Job-like experience. Um, and so Horatio Stafford is like, I, I've got to go be with my wife. So he gets on the next ship he can to go home. And apparently he was alerted to the moment where he was, they were sailing over the waters where his family went down. And that's when he wrote the song, It Is Well. It is well with my soul. 
And, and it's so beautifully chosen, that song, because it's, it's not like we, we've, we've taken the word, it's swell, from that statement, it is well. It's swell. And he would not have felt swell. He would have, fe- he would have felt all of the pain, all of the weight of everything happening to him and around him. And it was in that moment, he had the choice that we all kind of face every once in a while. And for some of us, it's the thing that drives us to our addiction. It's the thing that drives us. We, we just can't handle the pain and, and the, the, the trauma. And so we, we go to something else to dull that pain. Or it, and, and it's not necessarily a drug or an alcohol. It can be people. It can, we can lose ourselves in TV. For me, I've had these dark moments where I think, what would ever happen if I ever lost my life? And for me, I, I, I think it would drive me to isolation. I would just want to get in my car, drive away, and not talk to anybody. Be a bad dad. I, I've gone, I probably shouldn't even talk about these dark thoughts I've had. But Spafford, sailing over that, that point where he's lost everything precious to him, he, he chooses something different. In that moment, he declares that even though everything is gone literally gone to hell he he is choosing to say before god it's well it's it's good with my soul and it doesn't make sense it's that peace that transcends understanding but it's also a decision and we're going to talk a lot about that decision uh today um for uh, i these are now i'm finally getting to my notes and i'm i'm celebrating the moment that you came back after last week thank you uh, I know for some of you that was some heavy lifting in Scripture, but I'm glad we did it, and I'm glad you're back. Today, we're going to do things, do, do things a little bit differently. Um, I've, I've chosen, and I don't know how wise this was, but I've chosen a really large section of Scripture today. Um, but under that large section of Scripture, uh, a singular theme has really come up. And so what I'm going to do today instead of the way I normally do things so I'm going to read through the entire text. It's going to be up on the screen. And, um, and then I'll, I'll go back and I'll revisit some key points in it. So if you wouldn't mind uh, standing with me for God's word, we're going to pick up, we're going to start 1 Peter 3, verse 8. It says this, Finally, all of you have unity of mind, sympathy, brotherly love, a tender heart, and a humble mind. Do not repay evil for evil or reviling for reviling, but on the contrary, bless. For to this you were called, so that you may obtain a blessing. For whoever desires to love life and see good days, let him keep his tongue from evil and his lips from speaking deceit. Let him turn away from evil and do good. Let him seek peace and pursue it. For the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous, and his ears are open to their prayer. But the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. Now, who is there to harm you if you are zealous for what is good? But even if you should suffer for righteousness' sake, you will be blessed. Have no fear of them, nor be troubled, but in your hearts regard Christ the Lord as, all, as holy, always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is within you. Yet do it with gentleness and respect, having a good conscience, so that when you are slandered, those who revile your good behavior in Christ may be put to shame. For it is better to suffer for doing good, if that should be God's will, than for doing evil. For Christ also suffered once for sins, the righteous for the unrighteousness, uh, for the unrighteous, that he might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh, but made alive in the spirit, 
in which he went and proclaimed to the spirits in prison, because they formerly did not obey when God's patience waited in the days of Noah, while the ark was being prepared, in which a few, that is, eight persons, were brought safely through water. Baptism, which corresponds to this, now saves you not as a removal of dirt from the body, but as an appeal to God for a good conscience through the resurrection of Jesus Christ, who has gone into heaven and is at the right hand of God with angels, authorities, and powers having been subjected to him. Now we're going to do chapter 4. Since therefore Christ suffered in the flesh, arm yourselves with the same way of thinking. For whoever has suffered in the flesh has ceased from sin. So as to live for the rest of the time in the flesh, no longer for human passions, but for the will of God. The time that is past suffices for doing what the Gentiles want to do, living in sensuality, passions, drunkenness, orgies, drinking parties, and lawless idolatry. With respect to this law, they are surprised when you do not join them in the same flood of debauchery, and they malign you. But they will give account to him who is ready to judge the living and the dead. For this is why the gospel was preached even to those who are dead, that though judged in the flesh the way people are, they might live in the spirit the way God does. The end of all things is at hand. Therefore, be self-controlled and sober-minded for the sake of your prayers. Above all, keep loving one another earnestly, since love covers a multitude of sins. Show hospitality to one another without grumbling. As each has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's very grace. Whoever speaks is one who speaks oracles of God. Whoever serves is one who serves by the strength that God supplies, in order that in everything God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. To him being glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Beloved, we keep going here, do not be surprised at the fiery trial when it comes upon, upon you to test you, as though something strange were happening to you. But rejoice insofar as you share Christ's sufferings, that you may also rejoice and be glad when his glory is revealed. If you are insulted for the name of Christ, you are blessed because the spirit of glory and of God rests upon you. But let none of you suffer as a murderer or a thief or as an evildoer or as a meddler. Yet if anyone suffers as a, uh, as a Christian, let him not be ashamed, but let him glorify God in that name. For it is time for judgment to begin at the household of God. And if he begins with us, what will be the outcome for those who do not obey the gospel of God? And if the righteous is scarcely saved, what will become of the ungodly and the sinner? Therefore, let those who suffer according to God's will entrust their souls to a faithful creator while doing good. Let's pray. Father, in our, in our human nature, we, we, we want to avoid suffering. And, and that's, it's, it's natural. But Father, you're calling us to a higher standard. You're calling us to something different. You're calling us to step away from her or flip our natural incl inclinations. And, and you're calling us to, to something different. And so, Father, I pray that through your Holy Spirit, you would make that so clear to us today. That we would be transformed. Our minds would be transformed. Our hearts would be transformed. Forgiveness could take place. And we would leave differently than the way we came today. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Uh, you may be seated. I, I think I may have shared this confession. I've, I know I've shared it probably several times. Um, but I think it was last fall that I kind of talked it through. Uh, if I'm honest, I can struggle sometimes. I look at suffering 
as it's okay i know it's good for me probably kind of in the same way i know that vegetables are good for me but i'm i'm just honestly i'm not enjoying these vegetables there i'm suffering through them uh the way i eat my meal if you if we ever have a meal together i eat my vegetables first i just get it over with i know i've got to do it to keep mom happy or carly happy one or the other um but i do it because apparently it's good for me and and i can view suffering the same way I, I suffer through it, okay? I, I don't really, I don't want to go through this, but I know that I need to. But this is different. When Peter writes that we are blessed when we suffer for righteousness' sake, it's different than just simply saying that suffering is good for us. And, and quite frankly, a lot of the times, our suffering is, is the consequence of our own um, bad choices, really. I know personally uh, I am the author of so much of my suffering. When I have to go through trials, it's usually as a consequence to my own sin or my own stupidity. Right? But that's not really what we're talking about. Today, I want you to imagine a situation where you know that you have been doing things right. If you've been reading through the Bible, uh, oh, probably two weeks ago now, we, we jumped into Job because we're reading through the Bible chrono uh, chronologically. And, and Job was an example of someone who knew that he had not sinned before God. Which is a weird picture, but he knew that there wasn't an unaccounted for sin that he was being judged for. He knew that the reason that all these things happening to him, it, it wasn't attributed to the fact that he was being punished for a sin. He knew that. So imagine a Job-like experience where you know that you've been doing right and yet you are being persecuted or someone is doing evil to you things are happening to you that are not a result of your own doing does that make sense here are peter's first instructions in this situation in, in verse 9 he says do not repay evil for evil or reviling for reviling but on the contrary bless for to this you were called that you may obtain a blessing now uh, I've, I've kind of observed this phenomenon. I call it the, the Disney uh, influence or the, the kind of the Disney reflex. When someone does something evil to you, we have this, this feeling, this need to see justice restored. And again, I don't know if you've ever watched a Disney movie or a, a Disney-like movie. Usually they're very surfacey, not very deep. But really, the more evil the character, the more severe you know his consequence is going to be. Am I right? Like if you're watching cartoons and somebody is just a bad guy, they might get a bonk on the head and that's the last we'll hear about them. But if they are like just deeply evil and awful, you know that the consequence for their evilness is going to be falling from a very high tower onto some very pointy objects. It's going to be severe, right? It's going to be the biggest, most glamorous death. And that, I call this the Disney uh, reflex. It's as though when we are wrong, when evil is done to us, or, or when we see evil done to somebody else, it's like we see now the, the scales of justice are off balance. They're, they're weighted in a way that demands a balancing out. And our innate reaction to evil is to repay evil with evil, violence with violence. We're taught to stand up for ourselves. We've, we've made noble this idea of the mama bear, 
right? And I, I, I'm, not, I'm not trying to speak conviction into your life, but it, it's, it's quite pervasive. If anybody touches a hair on my kid's head, you don't want to see the mama bear come out, right? And we, we give nobility to this idea that there will be a price to pay. If you do evil to my kid, evil will be repaid on you in a way you do not want to see. And I'm afraid of those people. Okay, I'm afraid of those mama bears and for good reason. But this is, this is kind of the teaching that we've grown up with. But Peter instructs us not to repay evil with evil. And he supports us by quoting Psalm 34, verses 12 to 16. And we see it here in 1 Peter 3, verses 10 to 12. It goes like this. For whoever desires to love life and see good days, let him keep his tongue from evil and his lips from speaking deceit. Let him turn away from evil and do good. Let him seek peace and pursue it. For the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous, and his ears are open to their prayer. But the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. This first part sounds quite beautiful and serene, this idea of pursuing peace. It's like, I'd like to be like that. And I, I feel that way until somebody cuts me off on the road. And then it's, peace is so unsatisfying, right? Like, it's like, yeah, peace sounds good until I need to satisfy this rage that I'm feeling right now, right? But verse 12 is pointing to what God wants. He wants more for us. He says, the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous. And his ears are open to their prayer. Now, I don't know if you noticed this. I, I didn't spend a lot of time on this last week, but this is a bit of a callback to a point that Peter makes last week. I don't know if you recognize it, but if you look back, and it's on the next slide, verse 17 from last week, uh, I've trimmed it. <laughs> it says, Likewise, husbands, live with your wives in an understanding way, so that your prayers may not be hindered. There's this repeated point that our response or our behavior can have an effect on our communication with the Father. It's subtle, but these Peter's inclusion of these comments on the effect on our prayer life, it just it can't be ignored. There's this quote from Francis Bacon, who's not somebody who's well I dip into very often, uh, but it's, it's this reminder that we're not meant to repay evil with evil. It says this, A man that studieth revenge keeps his own wounds green. That's Francis Bacon. When we live in this moment or this state of needing revenge, it's like living with this open wound. And it, it, we're, we're living life believing that the only way to address this wound, to attend to this wound, is to repay evil with evil. We need to get our revenge. We need for them to suffer in the way that they've made us suffer. And until we can exact our revenge, a revenge, uh, the, the dish best served cold, so we'll, we'll live with this open wound, this green wound, uh, sometimes for a long time. I find it pretty consistent that when God calls us to something, it's often good for us. Have you noticed that? When he tells us, you know what, thou shalt not murder, that's good for you. That's good for society. Go figure, right? When, when he tells you uh, that if you're married, stay with that wife. Don't go chasing somebody else's wife. It's because it's good for you. It's good for your family. Go figure. So in the same way, when he tells us, don't repay evil with evil, it's, it's good for us. We may have this natural desire 
to repay evil with evil, but it's not good for us. We live with this open wound when we live with that mentality. Now, here's the key. We get to choose. Just as Horatio Spafford got to choose his reaction to the suffering he was enduring, we get to choose the way we respond to evil. Do we want to pursue our justice? Or do we want to allow God to be the judge and exact his justice? And I'm not going to lie. Sometimes it can feel very unsatisfying to leave that with God. It's almost like he's taken something from me that I want to experience. I want to, I want to see this wrapped up. I want to see this dealt with. But he's calling us to something different. Let's move on to verse 13. It says this. Now, who is there to harm you if you are zealous for what is good? But even if you should suffer for righteousness' sake, you will be blessed. Now, this is actually pretty huge. Um, but are you okay if, if, like, if we bookmark this and we're going to come back to it out of order? And it's a rhetorical question. This is not like a choose-your-own-adventure sermon. I, I have no plan for if you say, no, let's do this now. So let's carry on. Let's pick up. We're actually going to go to the beginning of chapter 4, verse 1. And it says this. Since therefore Christ suffered in the flesh, arm yourselves with the same way of thinking. For whoever has suffered in the flesh has ceased from sin so as to live for the rest of the time in the flesh, no longer for human passions, but for the will of God. Let's pause there for a second. This section of Scripture can be like comfort food for some people who are in the midst of suffering. It's good to know, and maybe file this under misery loves company, it's good to know that there are other people who are enduring suffering. If I am in the deepest, darkest moments of my suffering, it's kind of, it's actually quite healthy to know that I'm not the only one dealing with this. It sounds morbid, but it's actually, it's actually God's work to reveal to us that we're not alone. Uh, uh, Mark is, he was really, I feel the anointing on, on this idea that he presented two weeks ago about the, the role and the need for the church and he referred to it again this morning in, in our worship time, where this is the place. You're not called to suffer alone. You're not meant to suffer in isolation. This is a good place to confess or to share what you're going through so that we can come around you. And it's amazing how it works. There are times when I'm called to be in a position of blessing other. Actually, Steve and I last night, it was, it was quite a night of, of honesty um, at Saturday Night Life. There was a, a lot of people being really honest about what they're going through. It was very beautiful. There's a lot of, the, the beginnings of healing were happening last night. And so even after everybody left, we were kind of comparing notes and, and, um, and we're in prayer for a lot of these guys. But God wants us to be with each other, what I was saying is there are times when I'm in a position where I can be uh, a listening ear to somebody who's going through suffering. But then there's times where the roles reverse. And I need the church. I need to be the one to come to the church and be honest about my suffering. That's the way we were designed for. Um, 
So for some people, this is like comfort food. This, this feels like, okay, it's good to know that I'm not the only one going through this. But for some people, this, this beginning verses 1 and 2 here are a catalyst to something we call ascetism, which is this um, uh, religious posture where, where you feel like you've got to be in this perpetual state of enduring hardship. And it will drive people sometimes to people uh, to things like extreme fasting or sleep deprivation or even like isolation in the wilderness some extremes like that and that that's not necessarily what this is calling you to either but i want you to check out verse two it's important to stand the it's important to understand the nature of these verses and i think that verse two gives us really good instruction we're not meant to live for human passions but for the will of god this should be the the really the title almost of this entire service we are not meant to live for human passions Uh, an example of a human passion is if somebody does evil to me my human passion the thing that flares up is i want revenge but we're not meant to live for human passions we're meant to live for the will of god now Speaking of human passions, let's go on to verse 3. This is a fun one. And it says this. Uh, for the time that is past suffices, for the time that is past suffices for doing what the Gentiles want to do, living in sensuality, passions, drunkenness, orgies, drinking parties, and lawless idolatry. Now, some of these, hopefully, may seem a little extreme, but they're extreme only in that they are the kind of the the most complete resignation to your the uh, and submission to your passions this is like these are pictures of ultimate hedonism where everything is about feeding the flesh about submitting to the passions of the flesh but if you want to get serious about following Jesus peter's reminding us that following Jesus means that we can't give in to every urge and passion. We, we need to live differently. We are called to live differently. We are wired with urges and passions. And, and, and honestly, opportunities and choices come before us almost daily, maybe multiple times a day. And we get that choice and sometimes we're sober-minded enough to identify it as a choice. I sat with a friend last night, and he's thinking so much clearer right now. He knows where one pathway takes him, and he knows that following Jesus takes him the way he wants to go. He's sober-minded. He knows that he can identify. The lights have been turned on in his life, and he can see what those choices are. But sometimes we're muddled and we're so fired up in the moment that we don't realize that the choice we're making is, is a dangerous and, and brutal choice. It's the wrong choice. Sometimes we're, we're sometimes we're, um, what's the opposite of sober? We're, we're drunk or we're impaired, impaired or intoxicated, right? We're in, our, our decision-making is impaired in the moment. But if we want to be serious... We need to realize we are called to live for the will of God, not to feed the passions of the flesh. This is not easy, and Peter doesn't pretend that it's easy. In fact, he describes this 
battle as the fiery trial. We see that in verse 12 right here. Beloved, do not be surprised at the fiery trial when it comes upon you to test you, as though something strange were happening to you. But rejoice insofar as you share Christ's sufferings, that you may also rejoice and be glad when his glory is revealed. Uh, now, this is the point where I kind of want to come back to what we bookmarked. So had you chosen um, to keep going, this is where we would have, this is the page we would have turned to. All right, we're back to verse 13. Now, who is there to harm you if you are zealous for what is good? But even if you should suffer for righteousness sake, you will be blessed. Now, for those of you who are in the thick of the suffering, you will see the word suffering. You will identify. And it's just, I, I you know, I've been there. I feel like I've been blessed in a way that I, I, I don't feel like I've endured half the suffering that I've heard many of you have lived through or are living through. And so when you hear this word suffer, you are identifying. You are living it right now. And for some of you, you're, you're emerging from suffering. It's almost like you've finally dug yourself to a place where you can see above ground or you've, you've swum, swum? You've swimmed? You swam? You're at the top of the water now. Your head's above water, but barely. And you know that feeling of suffering. You have fresh, painful memories of that suffering. But church, I have an encouragement for you today. And I'm so excited. I almost feel the need to repent for not really identifying or giving enough weight to this in the past. Take a look at those last four words, and they're bolded on this, on this screen here. You will be blessed. Now, blessing, uh, it, it, I, I think I'm guilty where it's, I've heard the word overused, and it's, it's lost a lot of its meaning. Uh, your grandma might, oh, bless your heart. Or um, you may say a quick blessing over your mac and cheese or following a sneeze. And so the word blessing, um, it's almost like it's been consumed by its own overuse. But let's take a minute to consider what Peter's saying here. He's telling us that when we suffer for righteousness' sake, we will be blessed by God. God, the, the King of Kings, Lord, I don't, I don't want to get there yet. I'm, I'm, I'm getting to this point. But our God will bless you. Can you take a second and think of the last person or the last time someone blessed you? Maybe you were sick and they brought you a casserole. Or your neighbor blessed you by shoveling the snow off your walk. Or they mowed your side of the lawn as well. And it's, it feels like a blessing. Last night, um, I love our, our guys at, at SNL. Last night, while I was chatting with people, uh, the chairs got set up. Uh, we had more chairs for Sunday mornings. They got set up. The coffee all got taken down and, and dishes put away. Uh, the clothing all got put away, and my wife got help uh, porting that all out to the car. Uh, I was blessed. I really felt, I, I kind of looked up from my conversation and everything was done. I felt blessed. And, and those are blessings. Let, let me not downplay those. But that's the blessing I can receive from a brother or from a friend. Imagine again. Let's, let's just take a moment to imagine that you are in the throne room of God. You are in the presence of the king of everything. 
This is not your mayor, premier, prime minister, or I don't know, favorite music pop star. This is, this is God of everything. And you're in his throne room. You're in his presence, which is incredible enough. And he, in all of his omnipotence, is going to bless you. Church, if, if I've been guilty of downplaying this idea of a blessing, please forgive me. Because I'm, 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 when I start to see things, as I described earlier, w- talking to this guy who now sees the, the choices that he has, when I see now my choice re- of repaying evil with evil and having the satisfaction of revenge versus choosing instead to kind of suffer through that, give that to God, and receive his blessing instead, it's not a choice. That's not a fair fight. That temporary feeling of, of satisfaction of getting back at somebody is just not on the same plane. It's not a comparable. It's not, it's not equitable to what God can do. Um, I'll give you, I'll give you a, a, a quick example here. Uh, you know what? Let me say this first. Um, I want to say that, that this is not just an idea being shared from Peter. This is not Peter's interpretation of blessing. This is Peter who sat under Jesus and heard his teachings from Matthew 5, verses 10 to 12. Let's look at that real quick. Where Jesus himself says, Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when others revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven. A reward in heaven? I, like, I don't have enough time to revisit what heaven's going to be like. I don't fully understand. I feel like I have a weak um, understanding of, of what heaven will truly be. And I don't know that we can know on this side of heaven what heaven's really going to be like. But you're, you're in heaven, God's idea of a perfect place, and then you're getting a reward in heaven. This is my best example. I was out with my friend Bennett uh, on Friday. On Friday, uh, Bennett is going to be baptized. I don't know if you know Bennett. He's eight. He's awesome. He's going to be baptized on Friday, and I'm like, okay, you're eight. I want to know that you know what you're doing. And so we went out to Cafe Delish, and I don't know if you've ever been there. It's a gluten-free bakery and coffee shop. And um, Bennett was given explicit instructions. You can get a drink or you can get a treat. And there were very, very clear instructions on this. Well, Bennett's a smart kid. And Bennett found this drink. It's called a birthday cake frap. Okay? Which in itself is like diabetes in a cup. But it's like it was this really special treat. But he's really smart because with that comes a donut on top of your straw. (laughs) So he beat the system. But it's this really poor facsimile of of what I'm trying to explain here. That if, if the frap is heaven... Now you're getting a donut on your frap in heaven. And church, I, like, I think it's so easy to lose sight of the idea of God's blessing. And I, I know I may be flirting with, with, um, with I don't think I am, uh, I was going to say with prosperity preaching, but it, it's, that's not what this is. This is God's promise. This is the promise. These are the words of Jesus talking about your great reward in heaven. And it, it makes the, the decision a little easier, a little bit more concrete 
and something I, I, I would have an easier time um, choosing. It's God's reward. It's the prize dreamed up by a perfect, omnipotent God who loves us like crazy and wants to encourage us to persevere through suffering. When Jesus and Peter promise that we will be blessed, this is something to get excited about. I can invite the worship team to come back up here. A couple more words here. We have choices. There, there are choices that we're faced with. The, the first one we've kind of hopefully spelled out pretty clearly. You've got the choice. You can take revenge. You can repay evil with evil. And, and if, you, if you catch yourself dreaming, dreaming up something to get back at your neighbor who's driving you crazy, weigh that feeling of revenge against the promised blessings of God. You've got a choice between pursuing your every urge and passion and, and, or, or you can weigh that against this promise of God's reward and blessing. And here's what I know about God. He doesn't tell you, oh, if you deny yourself this, I'll give you this. It'll be, it'll be, it'll be good. God knows what you're choosing to give up. And he has all power to bless you was something that will make you never regret giving that up or choosing not to do that. Let me finish with this. Suffering injustice, even in the form of suffering when you don't get to indulge in everything you've wanted to indulge in, it's not God's warning to us. Let, let's be clear. This is not God saying, if you repay evil with evil, you're going to suffer, or, or if you... If you do this, you're going to suffer, although those things are true. This is not suffering in the form of a warning. This is God revealing it's his plan for us. Suffering is not something we're called to avoid and dodge. It's something we're meant to understand and at times even embrace. All right, that's all I'm going to say about that for right now. Let's stand, worship together, and we'll, we'll wrap up in a second. Let's stand. Thanks, worship team. You guys can have a seat. Yeah. Give Jesus a hand. Go for it. Um, got a quick little summative teaching. Then I can be a little bossy. Um, there's a, a tie that binds today's teaching back to, to something we learned last week. So last week we, we learned the importance of the so that, the reason that we're called to do and to not do certain things. And today there's this kind of low-key reason that actually is one of my favorite parts of the scripture that we wrote. I didn't give a lot of attention to. But there, there's a, a so that. Right, right now you're left with, okay, I'm not going to repay evil for evil so that I can instead enjoy God's blessings. And you know what? I, I get, I'm unsatisfied with with teachings that say that God doesn't want us to do this and he'll make it he'll make it all right in heaven just just wait because honestly he blesses us he has a good path for us here on earth as well so our so that is even more than quote unquote just the blessings that he's promised in verse 15 it says this I don't know if you, oh, good, you've got that up there. But in your hearts, honor Christ the Lord as holy, always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you, 
yet do it with gentleness and respect. Again, it's subtle, but the reason that God wants us to respond in these ways is so that our life can be a testimony to those who look at us and go, why is he living with peace when he is due justice? He, he, he is owed revenge, and yet he's choosing peace. That doesn't make sense. What is with this person? And now your life becomes a testimony to whose you are. Does that make sense? That is, that is a demonstration of the reason for the hope that we have within us. Our responses be, can become our testimony to the hope that is offered. Now, rather than offering a blessing this week, even an Irish blessing, uh, not even that, I want to leave you considering what it really means to receive God's promised blessing. Church, I promise you that God's blessing will be worth giving up your right to revenge. It'll be better than the pleasure or comfort that you can even dream up for yourself. Trust Him with this. And at this point, I think many of us are at crossroads. And this isn't in my notes, but uh, just kind of sensing where we're at today. Many of us are either at the decision point or we're at a new decision point. Maybe we've, we've lived in this world, we've, we've repaid evil with evil over and over and over again. Or maybe we've lived in a way that is, is just serving our own fleshly passions and desires. And now the lights have gone on in our lives and we realize there's another choice. We can submit to the will of God, we can follow Him, and we can walk a new path. Well, I want to provide, we want to provide an opportunity for you to do that today. Um, and so I'm going to be a little bit bossy. Um, Ken, Linda, um, Jen, Allison, um, Steve, Roxanne, uh, if you wouldn't mind making yourself available over there. Steve Bennett, do you mind making yourself available over there? And these are people who will pray with you. These are people who I trust to pray with you. And if you have come to a point where you know you need, need to make a different choice, it's good to speak that out loud and share that with somebody. Terry and Pat, I have a different assignment for you. I'll talk to you in a second. Um, okay? But I want to leave you with this. I want to pray for you, and I want to invite you, if you want to seek prayer with other people, this is the time to do it. Okay? Strike while the iron's hot. Confess the decision you want to make, that decision to follow the will of God. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for this time together. This time that you have set apart from the rest of the busyness of the world. For some of us as parents, you've set aside a time where we're not having to care for our kids. We thank you for those who are caring for them behind the scenes. But Lord, I pray that we wouldn't miss the opportunity, the invitation to be right with you. Not because we will it, but because we choose, we can choose to follow you. We can come under your lordship. And so today, as, as people gather for prayer and, and, and maybe confess sins to each other or, or just to make a declaration of the new path they want to walk, Lord, I pray we know that you hear their prayers. But I pray your blessing on them, even today. We pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, church, be blessed. We look forward to seeing you next week. We're going to wrap up this series on First Peter, and we hope you could be there. Um, but go blessed. Uh, knowing that there is a choice, a better way to follow Jesus. Thank you for joining us for our main service. If you want to learn more about Northridge Church, or if you just want to talk to someone about what you've heard on this podcast, 
please email us at info at nrchurch.ca. We'd love to get to know you better. Until then, be safe and be blessed.